What should I do with my life? This is the question that the young man asked me. I was interviewing him as part of a, a college alumni admissions program, and we'd had a really good conversation, and after maybe 40 or 45 minutes, he, he turned to me earnestly and said, well, what should I do with my life? Asking this profound and always there question about meaning and purpose in our lives. And, and I admit, almost 15 years later, that I regret the answer that I gave him. It was not really the answer I should have given him. But I was trying to figure out what to say, and so I said, well, you know, if you really want to be good at something, you're going to have to really love it, because life gets challenging. You're going to have to love it enough to work through some of those tough times. So you probably are going to want to find something that you're really passionate about and, and do that. Not bad advice, advice that I've heard and been given many uh, times in my life. But, but again, in retrospect, I, and if I were asked that question now, I'd give a very different, different answer to what should I do with my life. I want us to look at the story of Joseph today, particularly the story of Joseph in prison that we heard and is interpreting these other dreams and reflect together on how we figure out and what really our purpose is in this world. I think part of the reason why I didn't give the right answer is I was probably too young. You see, when you're a really young person in life, people ask you all the time, what do you want to do when you grow up? Where do you want to go to college? What are you majoring in? What's going to be your internship? What's going to be your job? And so you, you think at that age that if you just kind of get this one answer of what the thing you love is, that like for, I don't know, the next 70 years or the day you die, you're just on track, right? You got the one answer. Now I realize life doesn't quite work out that way. That there's a lot of chapters of life and that each chapter we're going to have to answer this question a bit differently of what in this chapter am I called to do is, is my life's purpose. This week we hear of just one chapter, literally a chapter in the book of Genesis, but really just a chapter in Joseph's life. We first meet him in the chapter where he's a sort of a, a favorite child uh, in the family shepherding business. Then there's another chapter in which Joseph is uh, a slave who almost rises to chief servant in the house of an Egyptian official. But then he's wrongly thrown into prison, and that's this chapter. In the next chapter, he'll be the right-hand man of Pharaoh. And then he'll, in the next chapter, have the one to distribute resources and famine, and then finally he'll become a father and a family person and the patriarch of his family. All different chapters, and in each chapter, there's different things that he's called to do, different opportunities that are before him. I can tell you that when I went to seminary, I had to write all sorts of essays about why I wanted to be a pastor. And I can tell you, if we looked over all of those essays... You would not find a single sentence that said, I want to go to seminary because one day I want to help a church fundraise for a roof. I can promise you that sentence was not in there. But this week, you will be getting a letter from me saying that we need a new roof at this church. And there's solar panels, and it's all going to work, and it's going to be great. And I've thought about it. We've talked about it. Many hands have been together in this decision, and we think this is the next step. And so you all then in this chapter get to discover the joy of extra giving, right? So this is how it's going to work. But again, in every chapter of our life, there are different possibilities, the different constraints that we face. And so if I could go back to this young man, at the very least, I'd want to say, well, why don't we maybe just figure out the next three to five years? Let's, let's maybe take it one season of life at a time. 
again, because they change so much. But this secular sort of question and, and um, sort of drive and conversation about passion, there is something, I think, good and holy about that conversation, because it acknowledges that each one of us is wired a bit differently. And we know this to be true biologically, right? None of us have the full same DNA. But even biblically, we're told in, in Paul's letters, especially, say, to the Corinthians or even to Romans, that we're all given different gifts, different manifestations of the same spirit. So we know in life that we all have different experiences, gifts, talents, and that we're going to sort of figure out, yeah, what you do isn't necessarily what I do. We're going to figure this out, what my gifts are, what your particular gifts are. In the story we hear this week of Joseph in prison, one of the many gifts that Joseph has is that Joseph can interpret dreams. And it turns out that in prison, these two men have dreams, and they don't know who to go to. In fact, they say there's no one else here that can do it. But Joseph says, God can, can show me this. Again, Joseph has a particular gift that he can use at that time. I'm actually not suggesting that you have one gift for ministry or one gift that God has given you. I want to say, actually, you've been given many gifts. And in season after season of your life, you're going to discover new things and new ways that, that you have that, that God has given you, new things that make your heart sing, new passions. A family uh, this week, a daughter called me and told me that her father, who's a church member, is, is very ill, and they would like me to go visit and in the conversation, they mentioned how the church does have somebody who comes and visits. The person didn't know the name. It's our Eucharistic ministers, those who take Holy Communion. And uh, the person mentioned how much this family and, and the father appreciated the visits. And then the person said, but this person has been away on vacation. And I was all ready to sort of make justification and that we'd visit and so forth. But the person said, well, actually, though, this, this person actually sent a postcard from vacation. And it meant so much. It meant so much to my dad to get that postcard. Now, I can tell you, if I were going to write out for you, or, or all of us were to sort of fill out a paper of, these are strengths that I have, or gifts, or talents, none of us would probably say, I can send a postcard. That wouldn't occur to us as a, as a gift. But in this case, that, that little thing went so far. It literally went so far. But, I mean, it... it <laughs> Heart-wise went so far. And, and this is what we discover in, in life is that again and again, we're given gifts, passions, things, ways in which we can serve others. And that's actually what I want to drive towards now, the serving others. Because even if we could get to the point, even if we could get to the point where I totally understood myself, or you correctly knew all the gifts at your disposal, all the resources that you had, and you properly understood them as gifts from God. You knew exactly what made your heart sing. You still wouldn't know enough information to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life. Again, even if you totally knew yourself, you still would not know enough to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life. And that's because there's a whole another side to the equation, a whole another piece to the puzzle. These weeks with Joseph, we've been thinking about what these stories mean for us, but also what they mean for us as a congregation. Again, not only how they touch our lives individually, but how they speak to us as a whole. And we've been building our mission statement. Rooted in God's grace, we grow loving relationships with Jesus and each other. And this week, we'll finish it off 
to serve in this world. See, as Christians, we realize that it's not just about ourselves. But we follow the master servant, Jesus Christ, who again and again served other people and taught his disciples to do the same. Turns out the way that we're built, we, we won't finally have our rest and our joy and our meaning until we consider the needs of others. Again, as Christians, we know this. We know this, that our heart finally has a yearning, a desire to make an impact to help others. And so what, so what happens is that somehow we've, we've got to start to then find this, this intersection of both what we're good at, our passions, as well as what the world needs, the call and hurting of our neighbor. In the story of Joseph, Joseph finds himself in prison, and he's wrongly and unjustly in prison. And it would be easy for him at that point to have succumbed to bitterness and resentment, that this was not a fair situation. And who knows, maybe he had a pity party for a while. But, but at this point, there are people in that situation who have a need. And again, I can tell you, Joseph years later, years earlier, sorry, wasn't saying, I really hope one day I can use my passion of interpreting dreams in a prison in Egypt, right? That, that wasn't what he was saying. But this is the situation in which he finds himself. This is the hand that he has been dealt in life. And it turns out even with that really crummy hand that he has been dealt there is still a way that God is calling him to use what he has for the sake of others. Again, even in the crummiest of situations, when life isn't fair, God is still giving us gifts that we can use to serve other people. I think about the last two to two and a half years during the worst of the pandemic. And I don't want to go so far as to say the pandemic was a prison. But we lived under a ton of restrictions. And I don't think anybody's going to look back and say, man, 2020, 21, that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Right? And there was a lot of times which I think we all wanted to kind of cry out and lament in frustration, like this just isn't fair. But it turns out that even then, when we look back on our lives, I'm sure as we all can, there are times and ways and places in which we were given gifts that allowed us to serve others even in a time of great limitation. And the quilts that you're sitting on are a beautiful reminder of that. That here they are, right? We're not able to meet or meeting with masks, all sorts of distance and restrictions. Yet there were people in our church that were faithfully making these quilts that they could join with others and be sent all around the world. It's the same with the hats and the scarves and now even this fall, the care kits. Again and again, we discover that in our lives, Whatever the circumstances, no matter how much, again, we don't like the cards that we have been dealt at that moment, it turns out that God is giving us gifts and passions and motivations and experiences that are going to allow us to love and serve our neighbor following the example of Jesus Christ. So if I could answer that person again, what am I to do with my life? could say something a little bit better, like, well, in each season of life, you're going to discover that you have some gifts, and there's some others that need those gifts, and that the really beautiful and awesome spot of life is when the thing that you love to do and that you have skills for also becomes the thing that you know that the world needs. And that's where you're going to find meaning and purpose in life. And I probably could have given it in a secular way, 
But at this point, I, I would have to humbly confess that, that I, I would really need to put it at this point in, in more Christian terms to be really authentic with myself and with them and true to my experience. So if somebody were to ask me, what am I supposed to do with my life? What I really want to say at this point is serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. And what you'll discover is that when you serve the Lord, that in every step of the way, you'll discover anew God's gifts for you and ways in which your neighbor needs you. And I'd want to put it in terms of service to Christ because I, I think it's actually really hard. I think it's really hard in any given moment to figure out, okay, like, well, what are the gifts and skills and what do I really love? And, and what are the problems and issues in this world that I can actually do something about where I really sense my neighbor? And, and how do I do this? I don't think it's necessarily easy to sort of calibrate that. I think it's a really humbling process of prayer and sacred conversation with some other people we love to discern that and figure it out. Again, I, I think that only sort of, I think it's really hard to do that without prayer to line those up. But moreover, I think there are just times in, in life when, you know, <laughs> the things we love to do and, and the things we have to do, like, they just don't seem to really kind of oversect, or, or how, they, how they overlap just doesn't seem to be working and fitting together. I remember once I was in a hospital room, and it was very humbling because the person on the hospital uh, bed was my age. And the people that were around the hospital bed were the parents, who were my parents' age. And they were with their daughter as their daughter was in the last stages of life. And as I was with them, I observed that they were concerned for their daughter, processing this as, as parents, but they also knew that there now was going to be an additional responsibility of grandchildren. And, and how did this work? Wow, where does passion and where does duty meet in that situation? How hard is that? Again, in life, what we want to do and what we have to do, they don't always match up so easy. As Christians, what are we supposed to do with our life? We're supposed to serve the Lord. And if we do that, and if we leave here today and we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prayerfully do my best every day to say, Lord, what are the gifts you've given me? And, and who is the neighbor that I can serve? And, and teach me how to do that. My sense is that after about a week or so, your hearts will be filled. On the one hand, your hearts will be filled because you'll, you'll have seen the ways in which God worked in your life. Like Joseph, even the most difficult of circumstance to, to, to let your light so shine before others. And your heart will want to praise the living Lord for what God has done. But my sense, too, is that after about a week, your heart will be pretty empty. Your heart will be pretty empty because there will be times where you know you didn't, didn't do it right. You messed up and you need forgiveness. Or there's just a certain amount of resentment that has sort of built up and hardened your heart. And just a weariness. And so we'll, we'll come, I think we'll, we'll come again, we'll, we'll leave today and to go out in peace and serve the Lord, but, but we'll come back, we'll come back, you see, because we're going to be hungry. We're going to be hungry for the one from whom all blessings flow, we're going to be hungry for the one who can forgive us, we're going to be hungry for the one who can create in us a clean heart, oh God, and renew in us a right spirit. And the good news is that that one is Jesus Christ. He has been crucified and he has risen and he is here, given and shed for you. Amen.